Vincent the Dude, and today we're continuing our EV, alternative fuels, innovation, and look towards the future of trucking, Michael Vincent. Yeah, hey man. Hey, welcome to Freight Alley. Good Friday afternoon, everybody. It's almost like a tritium uh, uh, reunion. It is, yeah. A couple of our right? guests. That's, like, that's the best part about being back out at events, too, is you yeah. get to very organically meet people. You have great conversations yeah. in the hallway, and you say, hey, come on our show. But last night... Couple things happened. First of all, you had what? the Queen pass oh, away. That's right. Then he also had NFL kickoff. Yeah, I gotta say it's a good thing that there's like a lot of screens. People have a lot of screens now in households, so there wasn't like any domestic conflict over which coverage to watch. Yeah, it's yeah. good to have the NFL back. Not the greatest game though. I I, I enjoyed it. I mean, just because it was NFL and it was yeah. back, right? Yeah, <laughs> and I didn't have to lament and try and figure out. Did you think the Queen ever threw a trucker bomb back in her days when she was driving trucks. <laughs> yeah, and it went well. We didn't get into any online arguments during the match. No, like during uh, the convicts versus Catholics game, Ohio State versus Wait, no, 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 no. convicts. Come on, bro. right? He accused you of picking okay. Ohio State, and he got mad at me. You bastard! I can't believe you called me out on that one. I man. You picked right too. Yeah, well, I, 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 the problem was I was mad at myself because I never predict an Ohio State game because I don't want to. Oh. I don't want to jinx them. And Is it I, a and, jinx? And you do, well, yeah. Well, you you told me you used to wear the same underwear, all the, or was that Gunner? Who wears it? Was who, probably Gunner. It was Gunner. I think he's still wearing the same underwear. <laughs> yeah, because you don't want to jinx the he show. He smelled a little funky when we went down there and did a show. Good <laughs> I mean, he's a death matcher. <laughs> anyway, well, I mean, today on the show, as we mentioned, we're going like deep inside and outside. The pump. We'll look at how truck stops work and the tech behind the pump. We're going to learn what the future holds for fuel, especially here in Tennessee. We have an amazing guest to speak to that. Uh, we're going to have a freight market breakdown, best of truck driver appreciation week this week of news, and a whole lot more. So let's tip the band and get into it. Yeah, man. Did you know that AIT Worldwide Logistics is one of the fastest growing forwarders out there? They grew 400% over the past five years, earning a spot on Crane's Chicago Business Fast 50 list. But how do they do it? By earning their customers' trust with true, cost-effective, customized global supply chain solutions. Find out how your business can benefit when you visit. Tell them, dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com. Headlines. What's going on? Truck Driver Appreciation Week starts next week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're getting your hashtags ready. You make a cute little image. Yeah. read the newsletter yesterday. You know what I suggested you do? What? I suggested you go out there next time you see a truck driver during truck driver appreciation week, give them the horn pump. I put a survey out there. I was looking to see if truck drivers, they still pull the horn for kids and for yeah, people. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of drivers, they also, most all of them said they did. Um, and they said the Why only sad, and it makes their day and it makes other people's day. And they said the only sad thing was it's kind of a dying art. Not as many people ask for the, the horn. Man, we anymore. did when we were kids. Always. We always did it, man. Do it, we people. Don't send a stupid did. hashtag out. Nobody cares about a hashtag yeah, or slacktivism. Just do your horn. Do your horn. You know what else you could do? If you run into one at a truck stop, buy them a roller dog or something. Well, they might buy not them have a roller to. dog. Or, well, well, here's really? some of the well, really? here's some of the best Whoa. of Truck Driver Appreciation Week. So they might not right. even have to. Let's see what we're offering out here. All right, racetrack. They got uh, driver appreciation. They got lunch. They got 50-50 raffles, driver giveaways. They're going to double your loyalty points during September. And it's happening wow. at a couple locations. They got the Canoeit one, the Hubbard one, <laughs> and North Jackson. What, how do you say that? Canute? It's Conneaut. It Conneaut. It means snowy water. Oh, because you're from Ohio. I that's am. Like when people... It's in my neck of the woods. Yeah, my, where I grew up. Yeah, that's Conneaut. like when people try to pronounce uh, like Worcester to 
Worcestershire yeah, or whatever from, it is. From Boston. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, they're also going to have in-store <laughs> giveaways that's going to run all week. Um, Linko Products, they're going to host a daily free item and coupon giveaway at various travel centers throughout this Truck Driver Appreciation Week. Guests can go to rttruckdrivers.com for specific dates and locations. Sweet. Um, September 14th, Nathan's Famous Hot Dogs. They're sponsoring a free hot dog, so you don't have to buy that roller dog. Oh, yeah. Wait, does Nathan's roll two? those dogs? Do they roll those dogs? Uh, I don't know. I don't they're going to be good, Those are though. good dogs. Love 1 Nathan's. to 2 p.m. at all those racetrack travel locations. And you can also get a free massage if you stop at the uh, Forest Park, Georgia location. Wait a minute. I'm going to roll in. I'm going to get myself some Bluetooth headphones, a roller dog from Nathan's, and a massage. And win it all. Yeah. yeah. Let's go, man. Let's take a road trip, man. You know who else is celebrating this? Is Sheets. Now, mm. Sheets has 654 locations. They are, give us Sheets. Are, 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 they give us Sheets. Sheets gives us Sheets. There you go, man. We should trademark that. Anyways, they're going to lower their diesel costs to $4.49 a gallon until September 5th. 30th. What if it drops below? Before this could be like a sneaky ruse by them. They're not they're not silly. They know what they're doing. You know it is silly though. I heard Rooster's gonna take his truck all the way out to California just so that discount's even better. Is it? You know, he just <laughs> he, by the way, if you go to backthetruckup.com, Rooster, he's a truck driver that we hired over here to be one yeah, of our man. writers. Driver for 15 years. He just put up an article about all the damage. Talk about truck driver appreciation. Yes. All the damage that 15 years behind the wheel has done to his body. It's a very brave article. Go read it uh, after the show, or read it now and catch this one on demand. I don't care. Yeah, it's uh, it's eye opening. I read it. It's you should go read that because it's uh, and thank him by the way yeah. and any driver. Thank Who him. else is hooking up the drivers? We got rudders here. They got a free meal for VIP truck drivers. I'm not sure how one becomes a VIP truck driver, but I guess if you go, hey, they're all VIPs. Rudders, you could, yeah, exactly. Kind of weird to just start a gatekeeping truck drivers during truck driver appreciation week, <laughs> but you do you. Rudders <laughs> pilot is showing its uh, appreciation with extra savings, big rewards. And more points just for professional drivers, including up to free three drink choices in their My Rewards Plus app. That goes all the way to October 31st, too. Sweet. That's the interesting thing about a lot of these. These promos aren't just running for the week. Um, it's like Black Friday now with this thing. They can, like, run all month long. And, and you know what? Whatever. I agree with it. Do it. Uh, uh, driver Appreciation Month. I love it. Yeah, you get discounts at the deli. Uh, what else they got going on? Uh, loves. They've got fresh food and drink deals throughout the week as, as well. They get a free hot sandwich or a fresh salad with an oil change. December 12th to 6th. Anything else cool? They yeah, they're doing a free Armorola safety hat. road checks, too. Did you mention that? Where's the road checks? Free safety road checks by Southern Tire Mart at Fi uh, Pilot Flying J's. Not bad. A free Armor yeah. Armorillo Supply Company hat with the purchase of a three-pack of gloves for $9.99. Yeah, and then yeah, a Great cool. Dane is celebrating keeping America moving. Truck drivers can win Carhartt apparel. They can win Apple AirPods, Ooh, nice. coolers, and way more. So uh, Great Dane says, we understand the hours and sacrifice that drivers make, and we want to celebrate that with Driver Appreciation Week. Really Love cool. It. A lot of great deals. You see other good ones out there? Let us know. We will put them out there during the week. Amen. Speaking of, let's talk about the market a little bit. I covered it in oh, the gosh, newsletter last that. night. If you don't get our newsletter, go to FreightWaves.com slash WTT. Subscribe. Join one of the 11,000-plus supply chain professionals who read that garbage. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> I covered the market. In it. What's going on? Tell our people. Let's do it. Hey, let's pull up this first chart here. I don't know how we put it in there, but there it is right there. So we're looking at van contracts yeah. rates right now. And they've been sticky uh, pretty much as volumes have been declining. They're sitting at $2.76. They're the highest one there in the blue if you're seeing this visually which is the only way to see things. Uh, it's a normal lag, though, as, as routing guides become more stable. It does not necessarily impact the contract rate, right? Okay. Yeah, as volumes go down, those those they stay within the routing guide, stays in the contract, so it doesn't hit there. But And volumes have really not been low enough to start bringing down those contract rates. Uh, but spot is at $1.96, way at the bottom, and obviously getting killed 
as but that one has flattened out. Revert though has been up not a whole ton, but twenty cents over the year. They're the it's the only one that's going up consistently. Now flatbed has been. I don't have them on there. How bad? How bad of a sign is that in drive in that we didn't really see any tick up or tick down for Labor Day? I I, I think it's personally, I think it's, it's very bad. And I would think a lot of experts would agree with me. I'm not claiming myself to be one, but I'm saying that I think it's bad, especially you're going into a season that comes up to contract time. Yeah. Uh, and that's usually the latest thing influences where those contracts go. So there's definitely no upward pressure on contracts. I wouldn't. Think I mean, right we've now. mentioned this a lot that the market has been pretty boring since May. Yeah. I mean, boring, but stable. I guess that's the silver lining is that it's been stable. And if you're wondering why we've talked about this a lot, you've heard yeah. all the news reports about sure. inventory, right? A lot of companies just they have too much inventory. It's right. not the same situation it was right. last year. In fact, this is from the Logistics Managers Index. It says, the last six months have seen a concerted effort by firms to run down the highest levels of goods that were on hand this spring. Many retailers have worked hard, in some cases taken significant financial losses to decrease inventory levels. Despite these efforts, there is still a significant level of inventory in the system. Now, you combine that with the fact that for the past five months, capacity mm. has increased as well. So you're not sure getting as much volume you're getting more capacity sure. you see in them lower rates yeah a- absolutely there's no- nothing spilling out of the brawling guides onto that uh spot market floor if you will to to make things go up how about Do fuel we- that was like fuel was okay. a huge issue remember and i drove to the i was driving to the gas station today and yeah I, and i made yeah, yeah, note yeah. of looking at it and uh regular unleaded right here in chattanooga tennessee was almost under Two nine was almost at that two. Come up to my neck of the woods. It's been to two ninety nine for the week. Oh, really? Yeah. And diesel was like about four and a half bucks. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's been lowering, and we can pull up this next chart right here and take a look at this. So what you're seeing is diesel right now. The retail is in the blue there, which is at five dollars and uh, five point oh seven. So five dollars and seven cents. That's what your uh, spot market and small carriers are paying. The green line there is the uh, is the wholesale, which is at three seventy eight. That's what your enterprise people are playing. The gap between those. Is what the is what the uh, enterprise fleets are making as revenue, right? So they charge their fuel surcharges on that top line. Now I coupled that with contract rates, which are in yellow at two dollars and seventy six cents, and then spot, which is at a buck ninety, and kind of hanging there. Yeah, and you can kind of see where the spot market small fleets are. They're really getting hammered because they don't even have the fuel surcharge to make up that difference in that cost. Okay, but so much of inflation was blamed on these high freight rates and these high ocean container rates, right? Mm-hmm. Is it good news that all this stuff is coming? I mean, it's bad news in, in the short term for these carriers, right? Especially yeah. in budget accordingly. But is it good news in the sense that we have to rebalance everything um, and we got to get product costs and inflation in place so people start buying stuff again yeah, and these it, rates will go back up? I, I agree with you. We're in we're in kind of that area right now where things should be improving, but it's improving through uh, an area that's going to be a little bit painful till we get to that, right? It is. I mean, and if you're on the ocean side, I mean, here's the bright side for you too. Yeah, it's yeah. not down to $1,200, but it's not $2,100 anymore take these rates here we're down 60 percent this oh, year alone in ocean rates um we're, we're getting near that four thousand territory for uh west coast yeah the west coast shanghai to west coast is or to la as a matter of fact to the, right there to san pedro is 4782 now drop below that five thousand. a lot of people are saying hey it's not going to reach all the way down back to the three thousand yeah. pre-pandemic i don't see anything stopping it this is, this is really, stop. I mean, this is great news for like the Molson hearts of the world. We had Via Heart yeah, on here. Sure. Uh, Amazon seller, retailer does a few million a year. And what he was telling us, he's like, yeah, this inventory thing, not only is it completely true, but think about the inventory that we're sitting on. It's yeah. all last year's freight that was on those $21,000 40-foot container invoices and on those really high dry van rates to have them pushed everywhere. So there's a lot of sunk cost in a lot of that stuff.
Absolutely. And there's, there's little things to watch. I mean, Gene Soroka came out and said, Hey, if you're uh, got congestion on the East coast, come back to the West coast. We're, we're open. That's called a little bit of desperation and therefore prices start dropping. <laughs> right. Of course. Well, I, look, we see the solicitations like firsthand too, because we're copied onto like so many lists. And yeah. the first indication I really had, like things were changing big time was earlier in the year when for the first time in like two years, I was getting used trailer offers constantly in my inbox, which is something that like had just vanished for the longest time when you yeah, can get yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know, the other thing is I get messages every day seeing if I want to ship stuff. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look, automation, we've been talking about it, uh, especially in supply chain. It, it's coming one way or another. I've had to fill 40-foot containers before in oh, yeah. and out. It's uh, backbreaking hot work, especially in Wista in the middle of summer. Uh, let's take a look at this video from Boston Dynamics. They've got a new project going on with NFI, and they're See this video here? Yeah, they got this new project going on right here. <laughs> Take a look at these robots. So these are called their stretch robots. CDL Life okay. reports New Jersey headquartered company NFI recently announced a partnership with Boston Dynamics to deploy these lumper robots. It's a $10 million program, and it's starting next year in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, if you can't see these robots, what they have here is like these big suction cups on front of them. And uh, that one just picked up a Boston Dynamics dog. Very cool. It's your cousin from Boston. And he's dancing. Are they at the container? See, now he's going to go over to the 40-foot container. These are pretty neat. Like, I very cool. have interviewed a lot of these robotics companies, and one of the biggest challenges yeah. that they've always told me yeah. um, about warehouse robots is that humans have a pretty incredible thing, and that's called hands. We yeah, the opposable can, thumb yes, is pretty good, right? We can put them around things. We can apply pressure. <laughs> it's much harder with tons and tons of SKUs to get this. But this is a solution here that can easily make sense for, for loading and unloading at least a certain type and line of containers. Like when I worked in apparel, those might not be able to do the garments on hangers, but like sweaters, sweaters all came in uniform boxes yeah, filled yeah, yeah, to yeah, the yeah. brim, right. back and forth nonstop. It feels like an endless escapade trying to, trying to get those things done. Uh, I guess the bad news here is, though, uh, for example, in this, it says it makes warehouse operations more efficient. Someone on YouTube says, stretch makes warehouse operations more efficient, safer for workers. Yes, because not having any workers is the surest way to keep them safe. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's true. But they're also having problems hiring those workers, as we were talking about before. There was that survey that said that like, the warehouses have to, like, increase 60% on the, uh, just to attract them. I mean, look, look at what's going to happen in California with fast food. If they raise yeah. the price to $22 an hour, you're going to see automation explode out there. I mean, you're, <laughs> that's just the way it's going to be. Really? You're going like to have, like, a McDonald's, uh, a McDonald's uh, 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 vending machine? Snowy CY says, Any, anyone notice how quiet this video is? It's because the video serves as a moment of silence for supply chain workers. That's pretty dark. That's pretty Ooh, dark. Wow, yeah, let's talk about the good future that's going to happen. And one that. of the man that's driving is Jonathan Overly, Executive Directive Coordinator at ETC Clean Fuels. There he is. Come on up Thanks here. for coming on, on the show, that. sir. So you Thank you, gentlemen. Nice yeah. drive from Knoxville, oh. huh? Well, when you drive in a Tesla, it makes it better. Ooh, what kind of Tesla Ooh, you got? Tesla Model 3. It's kind of a different color. I think it's called Volcanic Flare. Interesting. I, I, if I'm going to buy my first car at 53, I wanted it to be my own. So, uh, but no, there was no speeding. But well, that was your all. nickname, wasn't well, it? Well, he got, he actually got. That was got your nickname, it. Volcanic Flare, right? Uh, in high school. Yeah. Speaking of speeding, so we met at that uh, Tritium event a couple weeks ago. This gentleman got us a ticket when he was driving when he was driving over there, and oh, not in a Tesla. No. Baloney. Uh, no, <laughs> Shout out to all my state trooper friends. Love you guys, especially McMinnville. Let's Enjoy the, it. Let's, Don't let's spend it all in one place. Let's start the story there. So we were at Tritium. You were at Tritium. It was really exciting. Big Australian company comes out to Tennessee, out to Lebanon, Tennessee. They say, hey, we're going to build this 
big factory here. We're going to build all these chargers. We got to see the line. Really cool. Where are we with all this stuff now in Tennessee? Well, it is good to see DC Fast Charge Manufacturing coming to Tennessee. You could feel the love fest that day. I mean, clearly the folks in economic and community development, the folks from Australia have been doing a lot of talking about this. And yeah. so it was great to see the, the warm welcome and them I think once they have all those lines going, being able to make like thir was it thirty thousand units a year, something like that. So it's big numbers. Yeah, yeah, now yeah. most of those are for light duty cars. Mm -hmm. They're not for bigger trucks to charge them. But yeah, Tennessee is rocking and rolling with manufacturing. Now finally production of the equipment we need to charge the vehicles. So we're getting there. How yeah, about, how about that question? So thirty thousand a year out of this big factory, and this was one of the ones we had. We're leaving. We're like, sounds like a big number, but a lot of cars in Tennessee. Big, big project going out to electrify all of them. How many charges do you think we will need a year in five, 10 years here in Tennessee? That's a great question. I think, uh, you know, we've got a goal for Drive Electric Tennessee and all the partners that are a part of that to have 200,000 EVs on Tennessee roads. We know the vast majority of that is going to be light duty individual vehicles. Mm -hmm. It'll bleed into fleets. It'll bleed into medium and heavy duty. But do you need 200,000 chargers to do that? Probably. Not DC fast chargers. Yeah. When you talk about level two and charging at home, charging at work, um, it's a good question. I don't know the exact number on that because so much of what we charge, especially individual vehicles or in workplace, if you have a charger at work for a work car or at home for yeah. a light-duty electric vehicle, then you probably have what you need. We start talking about trucking and going long distance. Oh, there's a whole lot more. The loves and the pilots all got to have EV charging for trucks. Yeah, I saw. I read an article last week, and I forget the exact number. I'll look it up again and get it to you. But it was like to reach California's mandate by the numbers, they would have to produce like 489 EV chargers a day from now until like 2030 in order to hit those goals. Well, hopefully Tritium hits 30,000 fast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't they have an L.A. plant? They, they're probably busy over there. I think they're in well, I loved our show. shirts and, you know, Knox, uh, uh, Lebanon and Tennessee or whatever it was, the end, the uh, D.C. fast charge shirts. But and we saw one line in production. They got to yes, make five more to get cool. to that 30. But yeah. it, it's going to be a Herculean effort. For the manufacturers to get to their numbers, I mean, Ford F-150 Lightning, if you yeah. wanted to buy one, I'm not sure what the weight is, six, 12 months right now. Or the invoice costs. Or the invoice, um, as well as the chargers, and get that infrastructure in place and have a grid that supports it. Now, we're lucky, at least for us in Chattanooga and Tennessee, we got, we got, got TVA. Yeah. We get a great grid compared to Texas. For and we got Eastern Tennessee clean fuels. What are you, what are you guys all about? Yeah. So for 20 years, we've been trying to serve fleets with any information about a whole wide range of alternative fuels. Usually, you know, Spock is the way to go. You got two gaseous fuels, propane and natural gas. You got two biofuels, bio, biodiesel and ethanol. And then you got this weird one out here, electric. Yeah. And of course, we had the, the GM EV1 back in 2000 or whatever it was. And then that went away. But... EV's been the weird one, and there's been these cycles where each of the fuels was kind of the top dog. Mm -hmm. I think we know who the top dog is right now, and it doesn't look. It looks like America has finally bitten to understand the greenhouse gas benefits, the power and fun benefits for light duty. I mean, I, I would love it to have experience as a Class 8 truck driver and be able to drive a track like they did at Covenant and know how fun this is. Yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. But we got a lot of hurdles. Now, why? There seems to be a lot of obsession around electrification though right it's it's the topic you always hear about it gets all the headlines and everything now there's other types of fuel there's other types of cleaning fuels there's other solutions there's companies like hylion out there mm -hmm. trying to use natural gas is at least insofar as trucking concerned is electrification almost an impediment in some ways to this road at least in in long haul because the solutions aren't really there 
for, for a company like, you know, Averett Cover, Covenant, anybody else that's a larger Class 8 company, the cost of the vehicle is two to three times the cost of yeah. a diesel. The infrastructure, there really isn't, you know, this megawatt charging standard we were talking about earlier. That's not everywhere. And for a local power company like EPB or whoever it is across Tennessee or somewhat else to be able to install that thing, there's going to be a lot of equipment that goes on the backside mm. for the make ready to be able to deliver that. Yeah. So I'm, I am super happy that we're working on electric four trucks, but I think we have a long way to go for it so, to be an affordable thing that, that so they have the power, they have the distance and they have the ability to refuel where they need to. It's going to take us a while to get there. Sure. But uh, you, so you're, you know, I mean, Eastern clean, clean fuels, Eastern Tennessee. You're uh, fuel agnostic as far as new fuels, right? right? You're just looking and promoting, well, let's find out the best one and move this forward, right? Well, and help all of the fuels move forward and educate fleets to know that they have options that are across the board. Right. However, for me, although I'm fuel agnostic, I'm also planet positive, if you will. Right, I yes, say. yes. I, I like this planet. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's actually, cool. it is pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. And I'm not worried so much about the planet as us being able to live here. So, <laughs> so climate point. change and the, the need to reduce greenhouse gas emissions for me is an important point. Electric as one of those fuels yeah. is the, probably the best for greenhouse gas emissions reductions. Okay. So that's one of the reasons we want to go there. Okay. One of the only ones that can compete with it is compressed natural gas as renewable natural gas. RNG. And that does pretty well, especially with the new Cummins or the new Westport 15-liter 500-horsepower engine. There's a better chance for LTL over the road and all that stuff to be able to have a CNG RNG option, and it's much less costly than an electric truck. It, 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 so okay, so in, in terms of better for the planet, are you rooting for the RNG or the electrification or, or which? Because RNG right can be actually carbon negative, right? That's right. And you know, we were talking football earlier, and it's really not good to say you root for more than one team. Yeah. But I'm yeah. rooting for both. Okay. I want to see electric move forward in the applications. We were talking yard dogs, things mm -hmm. like that. That's yeah, a yeah, great yeah. application sure. for electric right now. Over the road, I think CNG is an implementable solution in five years for a lot of trucking companies at probably a twenty percent of the fuel cost increase just for vehicle purchase. A Class 8 CNG-ready truck versus a Class 8 electric-ready truck. I like that you're like the Rob, like that Rob Lowe meme where he just has the NFL hat on, like the shield. Like, not like a fan of anything. He's <laughs> like, I'm just a fan of the league, man. I just want, I just want this to all, all work out. No, so one of the conversations, I remember we were walking the factory floor. They were showing some of the assemblies, and we got into talking about something I think that's worth mentioning on here. Is charging trucks and cars almost becoming like charging your cell phone? You need a bunch of weird adapters, and, and this one won't work with that, and I'm not sure what can bring to Like, How much confusion is there in the market about this? Well, for, for Class 8 trucks, I'm not really sure they figured it out. I mean, CCS1 is kind of the coming the car standard, yeah. and that's what they want to use for trucks for right now. But this megawatt charging standard is going to charge them a lot faster. And if a diesel driver needs to get off, use the bathroom, and hit the road pretty quickly, if he's not doing the shower and eat routine— then you're going to need something like that megawatt charging standard to get him filled in 15 minutes and back on the road. So there's a good bit of, of work, I think, to figure out what's going to work there. Because I don't know. CCS1 probably has an upper limit of how many kill, how quickly can you put the kilowatt hours in the truck. Interesting. Ooh, well, he put it into my chest pretty quickly when we were there. <laughs> it 
it was a little bit, <laughs> yeah, 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 pretty, pretty good there, pretty good. So you know, we talk about and and see greenwashing lawsuits and that type of stuff. Coke has lost a couple of them, and some other people. Is it a prevalent in in this space as well? Getting caught in greenwashing, or is there some BS out there that's uh, just marketing type of ploy? There's definitely BS. There's definitely ploys in terms of companies making equipment and vehicles, as well as companies that want to show that they're doing something. Yeah. And yet they're doing some testing and kind of looking around, but it's not really making a difference for the the thousand diesel vehicles they have going on the road. Yeah. You do have to be real world about them having a solution that works. I can't go to a little bitty mower fleet or a class eight fleet and offer them a solution that's going to be more difficult than what they do right now. True. Unless there's a way to be able to still do the job, but something is different. Fueling, maintenance, whatever. Every fleet has to have a solution that will work for them. So you can't just pick any alt fuel and say, oh, this is going to work here. you got to figure out what is going to work, whether it's police in a county, mowers in some community, or class eight long, long haul. So when you're talking to, to fleets, what kind of conversations are you having in Tennessee, I've talked to a lot of fleet CEOs, and the bigger they are, you tend to get a lot of guys there who are like, it's all about blocking and tackling. You know, they have a yeah. very sort of old mentality. It's not, when someone awesome. says blocking and tackling, that immediately is like, okay, this person's probably not that forward thinking, right? Uh, <laughs> so what kind of conversations are you having? Well, the first thing I would say is even running a small nonprofit that has seven people, I've got to think about the sustainability of the company. Yeah. Everybody has to look at the green side of it and make things work. But a lot of the companies we took to are less class eight than they are municipal and, and other kinds of light duty or medium duty trucks. People have open minds. It takes a while to learn that there are some people out there that have closed minds. Mm-hmm. But breaking through there and just get more people being receptive to the learning and they can figure out the speed with which they may make some change and what fuel is going to work for them. City of Greenville. City of Greenville over the last four years has moved to, I think it's about 80% of their city police fleet is now running on propane. Oh, wow. But they oh, wow. needed two or three and running them themselves a good to deal. be able to, it's a cost savings for them. Yeah. The incremental cost for the vehicles probably six to $7,000. And when they start putting the systems on the vehicles themselves, that'll drop to three to three and a half thousand per vehicle. But then you're looking at the propane price being something that could be less than 50% of the cost of the gasoline. But that's where uh, the fuel economy drops a little bit, but that huge cost savings is what gives them return on investment um, over a period it's that's green. probably... Good green alternative? It, it, it reduces criteria pollutants. It's a slight reduction in greenhouse gas okay. emissions. I wish it was bigger. Yeah. Um, and, and it's not as loud as some of the other vehicles. So just an example of one little fleet where they did some testing. There's no public CNG station near them, so that they can't build a half-million, million-dollar CNG station. Mm. Um, you, they don't really want to go with ethanol and get flex-fuel police cars to have to use E85. So among the options that are out there, propane was one of the best for them. You got any, uh, like, how do you get the message out there? you have any, aside from coming on here, do you have any events coming up to sort of evangelize the message and, and let people know what you're all about? We, we have a number of different kind of events, but going back to electric for a minute, it is almost National Drive Electric Week, which starts oh. um, September 24 and runs through October 2nd. October, uh, Chattanooga, representing uh, Drive Electric Scenic City, is going to have an event on October one. I think if, if we get really lucky, Matt Matt and uh, Covenant might bring the tray if it's around and they can do so. If you're so. really lucky, Matt will bring the hang glider. Uh, true, and do video while he's yes. doing it. Um, right into the event, he'll just land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like that guy during the uh, the, the Tyson fight? It, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to call him and ask him to do this. I have no problem asking him. There's going to be a Ford <laughs> E-Transit there. There should be, I think it's a Navistar EMV from Lee Smith locally. Yeah. 
So, and, and there's probably 150 of these events going on in the country. There's going to be one in Knoxville, one in Nashville, one in Tri-Cities. But that's coming up soon. So at least p- folks that are local to Chattanooga or wherever you are in North Carolina or Iowa or wherever, look up National Drive Electric Week and you can figure out where those events are. But those are the great learning opportunities where you get to sit in, see what the buttons look like, drive it yourself, and get yeah. that firsthand experience because that's what gets most people over the, over the hump. Butts and seats works. I think we might bring some cameras there because before the show, you mentioned it to our TV team in the back. And I, oh, we got you. is he back there? I saw his ears perk up. And his, so I think we'll bring a camera. We'll definitely see you over there. And um, awesome. we are out of time today, but I had not really enjoyed our conversation. I'm glad we get to catch up in a couple weeks. Awesome. And, uh, I actually parting gift for you, too. Oh, awesome. Oh, yeah. so I'm blocking it with my own. Oh, look at all the there goods. There you go. Here you go. Wait a minute. Before I Brand leave, we got to make sure. Got a hat. Okay, it's a little tight. A little but I'll tight. Get it yeah, off. yeah, you can adjust that later. It's one adjust. size fits all. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. Appreciate it. Good work, man. Take care, gentlemen. Drive safe. We'll do. Take that Tesla when uh, when the radars are down. Oh. <laughs> Put it up. <laughs> <super speed. laughs> good stuff. Always a good time. What time is it now? Do we got to go to an ad read first? Okay. Hold yeah, on. we probably do. Do you remember what Vaughn Moore from AIT said last time he was on the show? I absolutely do. He said, "Bigger isn't better." better is better. Yeah. Whether it's new offices in India, expanding life sciences operations in Europe, or acquiring one of the best final mile providers in the U.S., AIT's exponential growth is driven by anticipating and responding to customers' needs. Discover how they can help your business gain fast streamlined access to new markets at AITWorldwide.com. Let's go to Alan Goetz now. He is a marketing development manager at Gilbarco Vitor Root. And our last guest, Alan, he told us that Gilbarco is the above ground and the Vita root is the underground. Is that true? Yeah, you know, that's a pretty good way to describe it. And uh, thanks for having me on the show today. Uh, it was great getting to hear Jonathan speak about uh, what's happening on with the, the East Tennessee Clean Fuels uh, Association. Do a lot of work with him and really enjoy being part of Drive Electric Tennessee. And uh, here today, just chat a little bit about what uh, a company like Gilbarco Vita root is doing in the space when we're thinking about uh, clean transportation and clean fuels. I, lo- I love, why is Tennessee becoming such a hotbed? We were talking about how we were at that Tritium mm-hmm. grand opening, Tennessee Clean Fuels mm-hmm. with what they're doing, with what you guys are doing, with what Chattanooga is doing with some initiatives. Is, is it just now that Tennessee's starting to heat up? I think so. You know, uh, Tennessee has historically been a great hotbed for for the transportation industry. Between you know Pilot Flying J having their headquarters in uh, in Knoxville, you have you know ComData over in Brentwood, uh, folks like uh, uh, Ambest also in Brentwood. Uh, I came into the industry in, in Fleet One and over the road trucking in the fuel card world. So I think that Tennessee has always been on a crossroads for American trucking. And really what's happening is we've, we've hit that inflection point where people are really starting to look at these alternatives and starting to, to look at science and say, maybe we should be concerned about uh, what the temperatures are doing and, and what we can do not to stop it, but to, to kind of mitigate it. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good stuff going on, but I think that you could uh, fly an airplane into the middle of Iowa and find a lot of good things going on in e-mobility and in clean transportation technology and a lot of it is coming from the top down. It could be, you know, the trucking companies historically are going to follow what the shippers are asking them to do. And these shippers have ESG goals. They've got mandates coming from the C-suite on high and stockholders to reduce uh, what their emission profile looks like. And there's only so many ways that they can start to uh, take bites out of this big problem. And you know, electrification and mobility is certainly part of the solution set. 
Yeah, you know, Alan, I, I remember Gilbarco Viterud from back in my roadway days, uh, decades ago, actually, unfortunately. Yeah. But yes, and, yeah. and complaining about seeing them coming down the, the road because they were a pain in the butt to load into an LTL trailer. But so they've been around for a long time and you're transitioning. How difficult is that? And are you running side by side type of stuff, fuel and electric uh, moving forward that? How difficult is that yeah. transition? Yeah, great question. Well, so, I mean, as a company, Gilbarco Viterud is 150 years old. We're mm -hmm. globally headquartered out of Greensboro, North Carolina. Uh, if you're not familiar with the name on the Gilbarco side of the house, for, for those of you who are in the, in the fleet world, uh, claim to fame on Gilbarco is that we've built eight out of 10 diesel dispensers in the truck stop industry. So right. next time you're at the, the truck stop, before you hit the, the button to get the transaction really started, look below it and you'll see a Gilbarco Vitarube logo. Once you see it, you'll never not see it because we are literally everywhere. And as you alluded to, the, the Vitarube brand name is one of the strongest names in underground tank and above ground tank uh, detection. So providing environmental compliance, providing fuel inventory level and for order information, reconciliation, and so on. Uh, for a company like ours with such a strong DNA presence in liquid fuels, gasoline and diesel, you might think that we would look at e-mobility or, or alternative fuels and kind of back away and say, no, that's not us. But, but ultimately, we've taken a position that fuel is fuel. And that can be reflected going back 10, 15 years in our work in CNG, LNG, uh, bringing DEF dispensers to the commercial fueling market. That's certainly us. We've been in e-mobility and have invested you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to, to bring us into this space because for, for our customers, we're, we're a trusted partner. You could go to just about any of your trucking companies, the folks who are listening right now and say, hey, do you have a private fuel tank? The answer is yes. And you say, do you know who Gilbarco Viterud is? They'd say, we got a TLS 350 sitting on the wall. It's been there for 15 years. Every day it spits out the kind of reporting that we need. And, you know, we take that approach as a, a, a trusted technology partner, as an equipment provider. And we've really just applied it to other fronts, uh, including e-mobility. But to Jonathan's point a minute ago, other fuel technology as well. Uh, hydrogen as a solution for over-the-road long-haul trucking is uh, very exciting for us. So it's not all about the historic business. For a company like us to stay relevant, we absolutely have to adapt and be able to, to grow with what our customers are looking for. When you think about that future relevancy, and so much of it is that push towards EVs, obviously, we're, we're hearing so much 2030, 2035 timelines. What does that mean for the future of these rest stops? You, you mentioned these pumps, right? So we're all used to the diesel and the gas pumps. How will this integrate with charging, especially charging at scale? Yeah, absolutely. Well, so uh, the convenience store is a natural fit for EV charging. Um, what's interesting is we've got some competition from places that we're not used to, like uh, hotels, shopping malls, whatever. But yeah. ultimately, with these billions of dollars that are coming out from the federal government, uh, they're looking for locations that are close to the interstate. They're looking for locations with amenities that are available to customers. Um, for example, a hotel might fit that bill. It's close to the interstate, but a hotel owner or manager doesn't necessarily want to have strangers coming in and out of the hotel who aren't paying for room nights. Uh, the convenience store, it's, it's well lit. It's 24-7. There's an attendant to help you if you have problems. There's food and beverage service. Uh, I'm sure you guys have seen, and if you, if you follow uh, industry events like the upcoming National Association of Convenience Store show at the beginning of October, uh, the convenience store is, is changing. It's moving away from uh, fuel only or, you know, fuel and smokes and beer. And now it's becoming more of a destination with higher quality food service, uh, much more attention to details about the 
What's the bathroom look like? Um, what kind of coffee are we serving? So for a consumer to uh, more or less be chained at a C-store for 20 minutes, 30 minutes for a, uh, a consumer-style vehicle charge, there's a great opportunity to go in, uh, use the restroom, and you know make some purchases that are going to drive the margins of things. Now, interesting to note on these Nevi dollars, they're, they're really more focused on consumer charging at the moment. But what I'm cautiously optimistic for is that some of these locations, um, each one requiring four 150 kilowatt DC fast chargers, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that we're going to be able to help our customers design and build the kind of fuel island that's going to allow for consumer charging with, with nose into a charger for 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 a session and, and also uh, do uh, uh, pull through lanes for larger vehicles, whether that's going to be, you know, class eight beer trucks or uh, uh, maybe, you know, as the technology continues to improve over the road vehicles as well. That That's really interesting to nose in. It's also interesting that, you know, you're talking about hydrogen and all the other fuels that are there. And I'm really interested in how you guys kind of put that investment in your development based on, we don't know who the clear winner is yet, right? So how do you manage that? You talk about being able to adapt and fuel is fuel. It's gotta mm-hmm. be really hard right now because you gotta adapt almost daily, which one's in front, right? Yeah, well, so ultimately, uh, battery electric vehicles are a really solid fit for that regional haul LTL freight, uh, come back to the depot style solution. Um, it's not as good of a solution for over-the-road trucking. And I think anybody who's trying to really sell an all-electric solution for over-the-road isn't on the right path. Uh, the weight of the batteries today is is really a limiter. And uh, the charge time required to have uh, a battery big enough, you know, Jonathan was talking about megawatt charging. Uh, you also said that bigger is not necessarily better. Better is better. So uh, what's the right fit there? Um, a company like ours, you know, again, hundreds of millions of dollars invested in e-mobility. The same thing goes, though, for hydrogen. I mean, we're we're a multi-billion-dollar company owned by a Fortune 500 group. Uh, if we're not in front of R and D, then then you know we're losing, and that's not the kind of company history that we've got. What's the most interesting thing you know about gas station pumps that that we would be oblivious to? Now, you mentioned looking for that yeah. logo. Now, that's a thing now I won't miss. But what is, what's another fact that I can uh, in a little bar trivia we can throw at people? Absolutely. So, so when you go to a convenience store and the, the pump seems like it's running slow, um, it's not the pump. It's actually most likely has to do with the fuel filter that's inside the pump. So inside these commercial uh, Encore 700 pumps that we build, there's going to be a, a, a fuel filter that could be this big or two or three of them, depending on how it's configured. So when the pump is running slow, it's not actually the pump running slow. Our meters are capable of handling what a regular flow rate would look like. And for the commercial industrial world, we get into the 50 gallon a minute space. Um, But ultimately, if the site host or owner doesn't clean the fuel filter, then we're, you know, we're we're at their mercy of how fast the flow rate is going to be. Ah, so next time I'm at the pump, it's taking forever. I'll just walk in, I'll go to the, I'm like, you got to check your filters. You got to check your filters. Yeah, check these filters, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, what other than I, I, I got. I see that mandolin over your shoulder. Yeah, I was going to say something. Say, man. How long you been playing? Well, uh, I, I started in fifth grade playing trombone and uh, went all the way through. Was part of uh, Middle Tennessee State University's marching band for a couple of years. Oh, hey, and, there you go. Uh, put things down whenever my first son was born, and uh, once he was out of diapers, I got into stringed instruments with a with a vengeance. So mandolin, ukulele, uh, banjos over the fireplace. I mean, we've got horns and all kinds of stuff at this house. 
Wow, you can just start busking at his house, old Crow Medicine Show style. I yeah, love it. We're gonna it. get Alan. that mandolin up and and play us a tune here one of these times. Yeah, Alan, we'll have bro. to have you back on again soon to go deeper into some of these topics. We are out of time, but people who want to learn more about you or about the company, where do we send them to? Well, uh, they can certainly reach out to me. Uh, email address is alan.getz at gilbarco.com. So pretty straightforward. Uh, love the chance to chat with folks who are interested in learning more about our approach to e-mobility or the market in general. And I really appreciate you guys having me on today. Thank you so much, Alan. We appreciate your time. Have a great weekend. Enjoy it. All right, you guys are Thanks, fellas. Awesome. All right, here comes Charles Grace, your president of Hot Seat Service. Just pick up the pace, brother. I'm trying to Come wave on, you over up here, man. man. <laughs> Good Good see you again. Don't fall off of there either. Yeah, be careful. That's a little higher little, than last time. That is a little trepid. And we took the belt down this time too. We, so yeah, last like time you were on, you were like a floating head. Like yeah, he was Wilson. one of the first. <laughs> you were one of like the first Mr. guests. Mr. Wilson. So we, exactly. we worked out some of the kinks. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> it looks a little better now. You were so usually <laughs> on Fridays, we do a segment called Good News, Bad News. So we will actually let you lead it with your own first. Well, you might not even have bad news. It might only be good news. But play the bumper, people. We can't hear Gotta wait for the crash. There we go. All right. What is your good news? Well, <laughs> officially last week, we announced that Hot Seat Services and myself have joined the Cub Ventures family. Oh. What is that, uh, Cub Ventures? Cub Ventures is the holding company of Veterans in Trucking, CDL Life, uh, Bright Lights Media, Hot Seat Services, and Upright. Nice. What, is that, what does that mean for Hot Seat? Yeah. What does it mean? Yeah. Well, it means that we're able to service our clients and the drivers on a whole new level uh, with their technology, their reach on the driver's side, and with hot seat services being on the forefront of the recruiting, we're able to communicate service the clients and the drivers to a whole new extreme that hasn't been offered in the industry up to today. Mm. That is awesome. So you 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 built this family type of stuff, right? You yeah. built this stuff when that came through, and you're like, we get to announce this. Were you like just like, yeah, yeah? So it was the best <laughs> worst kept secret. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, it had to been like a, a, you know, I took this chance. People said you're nuts, and and now it's like sweet validation, right? Yeah, well, it was very rewarding because it helps us elevate everything to the next level, take it to the next extreme, so we can just keep innovation going and keep new ideas flowing for the industry. Wow, from a jujitsu, you're not Raylers the Gracies, are you? No. Jiu-jitsu fan. I was gonna say, man, from but you do martial arts. You know, what I was watching the other day. I was watching that um. CM Punkies, there's been like a lot of controversy in him in wrestling. So I went back and I, I never saw his second fight. And I didn't realize like how brutalized he got by that guy, Matt Jackson. The, and Dana White fired the guy who fought him. He, like, because he refused to finish him off. Because the guy was like, I, like, I'm not getting on TV again. CM Punk can't do anything against me. I'm just going to tickle him. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> beat up that WWE champion. <laughs> I got a question. So, Truck Driver Appreciation Week coming up next week, yeah, right? Yeah. You see a lot of cheesy things. A lot of things don't matter. A lot of things are just crappy marketing, some hashtags. I saw one CEO in front of a private jet instead of at the breakfast that he was going to be at. And I was like, that's not the best look. What is a good look, though? What is a good perk for Appreciation Week? Keeping it personal. We understand that the drivers are going through a tough time out there. It hasn't gotten easier with time, lack of parking, lack of facilities, all that fun stuff that we're trying to address. Uh, but keeping it personal as a carrier, communicating your culture and that you actually care, uh, handwritten cards, maybe a gift card to take the driver and their family out to dinner when they get home, uh, maybe a town hall meeting so they can voice their concerns on what they think the next direction of the company should be. I like that thought of giving them something that they can go then celebrate with their own family and stuff yeah. like that. That is really, that's a really good, how do you trickle that down into your own business though, right? I mean, you're, you're getting, trying to get drivers to come in for training and stuff like that. We should start that appreciation then, right? It should be all year round and throughout the entire process. It should focus from start to finish. And that's where 
recruiting your culture for the people that are going to fit that culture mm -hmm. is the big thing that we always talk about at Hot Seat Services. Mm. Yeah. I love mm -hmm. it. I love it. I love it. Hey, I got one more question before we get to our next topic oh. here. How do you get drivers to show up for orientation? <laughs> I mean, here, companies have been having a problem with that. They sign on, right? The driver signs on. They think they're going to show up. Empty seat. So there's been a lot of talk about that. That's a hot button issue right now in trucking. And the best way to do it is get that commitment and maintain that commitment. You constantly have to be keeping in mind there's so many offers out there that if yeah. you're not putting yourself out there and being as helpful and is making the process as easy as possible, then you're going to lose that commitment from the driver with this many choices. So commitment letters, uh, even going digital and using drip campaigns to pique that interest of things that are happening in the company through emails and text messages leading up to that orientation date. Weekend coverage to check on the drivers, make sure that they have travel details, make sure that someone's touching base to make sure that they have no issues in the travel. That yeah. shows that you care. I think it should be like college football signing day, right? You just take the top recruits from CDL school and they sign. I was one day where they sign with everybody each year. You just keep recruiting that way. Make well, it exciting. A celebration. Well, we're going to look at some stupid videos now, and we'll see. Maybe this guy wouldn't get that award, this driver here. The good news <laughs> is you finally get the container out of the port. The bad news is this. Take a look here. You forgot to slide the tandems. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this container right here, Charles. It's a painful day. That used to be a driver. You ever have something like that happen to you? No, not not to me. Luckily, I had a clean record, but I've seen it happen. Yeah. And what I've helped drivers that have had it happen. What do you think he did wrong here? I uh, forgot to lock the pins. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. It looks like he slid them a little too well. Yeah. <laughs> a little too well. He lost the roller skate. Yeah. Hey, at least that container made it out of the port, man. Check this one out. The good news is that's out of the port. Here's bad news, bro. You're trying to get yours. There's the top handler down there. See that huge ball of fire down there? Yeah. That's that's the top handler that was going to get your container for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's now on fire. My, my buddy Derek in uh, Port of LA, he, he posted that uh, last night. I guess they lost that one. He says a lot of these robots, and I'm, I'm not saying it's sabotage. He says that they set on fire a lot. I haven't seen that, but I have seen the delays in the ports normally, so something like that would definitely make for hours of service to them. Yeah. <laughs> sure would. I think so. It's also like massive heat wave in California, too, isn't there? Can't help. Yeah, triple That's digits and stuff like in San Francisco. That's why you live in Tennessee. Now, you have a, you have a truck, don't you? Yeah. yeah. You ever go drifting in your truck? Not yet. Let's I see this, guy's. Let's see this guy's drift shop, right? He's got good news, nice clear day. Got a little drift. This even looks like a car commercial, doesn't it? He shot this really well. Look, he's getting a little action in on the road. Little Tokyo drift style, right? I swear he's gonna lose it at some point though. Wait, oh there he is. That's a nice drift right there. Yeah. That's not bad. Well, what is a good drift technique? Turn into the tur the drift. You gotta, <laughs> turn into the drift. But how about not that drift. much, right? Turned into it. No, he didn't turn enough into the drift. He, yeah. he he saw that car and gave up, is what it was. Yes, he was gonna drift into it. Yeah, he abandoned the drift halfway through it. He had to though, because that car was coming by. That's what screwed him up. What do you if you do that, do you just play it off and like because you could if you see there, he could just drive down that hill to and like reconnect with the road. And yeah, just home. embrace it. Yeah. Be like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like when you trip and you look behind you go, what the hell? Yeah, just make <laughs> it look cool that? down the hill. Yeah, who did I that? planned that whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> you know the old adage when a truck is a knock and don't or rocking don't come a knocking right uh -huh. this ever happened to you my friend check this out look at this one knocking now if this was your next door neighbor would you kind of go over there and go settle down my friend i mean you're waking up the neighbors no i'd grab a sock and put it on the door oh, oh is, that, is, that the, is that like the old universal signal for that was yeah. the college symbol yeah oh, I didn't open yeah you did right too. it was yeah 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 or we go up there and, and stick pennies in there and lock them in the room right <laughs> You've done that too. No, I haven't done that. Oh, you haven't? Okay. Well, 
don't know what you you're see missing. that a lot in the truck stops. There's a lot of a lot of activity like that happening with loved ones. <laughs> loved ones. <laughs> I tried to stay out of that stuff and yeah. keep my wheels turning. That's how you make the money. Yeah. But, uh, Stay That's, how you, lose money. Down That's how you lose sports. money right there, yeah. right? You spent money. You might have, that could have been a professional. Yeah. You never know. Well, it's like, stay in my lane. That's <laughs> how you survive in like this city, right? You just look at where you're going. You stay out of people's trouble. You don't stare at people. And you just like, for a truck driver, you get out of your truck, go to the truck stop, go to the bathroom, get your food, get back in the truck and videotape people discreetly when they're rocking their truck. That's the best practices, especially in today's world. You never know what you're going to look into if you look too far. You, you can't really, unsee you really it, right? Sometimes. No. Yeah, you don't want to do that. You ever have an incident like this when you're driving? Show this tape. This is frightening right here. So this guy's just driving down the road. Can't see nothing, right? It's night. Lights are on. Still going. Looks like a calm two-lane road. Oh, God. This, here this, come a couple this, truck this, drivers, this, right? Oh, Look at that. God, that gets me every time. Invisible. Yep, didn't have his lights on. Ooh, God. That, uh, I, it makes me want to almost throw up. Is that a big fear in the road? Like, I've heard of, like, isn't, like, the black dog on the road where you're, like, at, at so you stay up too late. So when you're driving too late, you start seeing visions of black dogs. You, you ever have, like, something like that? So, I used to run nights, and it is a different beast as a driver. When you're driving at night, especially on these roads that have no lights or nothing around, it, it becomes very tedious to stay awake and alert, and that's where it becomes a challenge when you have people like this on the road that aren't going to have their lights on and bring attention to themselves. What, no, what, what should he do, though? So, like, it's the middle of the night, though, so it's, it's dangerous for, like, the guy who stopped, too, right? Assuming he broke down in the middle of the road. Yeah. I mean, he could get out and get a triangle, but th that guy would have ran him right over. Uh, it should have never gotten to that point, yeah. and the person driving should have adjusted their speed. Yeah. At that late, that kind of road, I wouldn't be going that fast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you lose, but you, like you said, you, you, you kind of get numb to what's around you, you kind of get sucked into it there. What are some good techniques to, or techniques maybe you use to try and get yourself out of that funk? Because I've driven before, and you're like, in your, you take, mm -hmm. take my shoes off, get my feet cold, open the window. Yeah, get out, walk around, stretch your legs, especially when you're doing driving like that. Yeah. Pull off, throw out on your four-way somewhere safe, walk around, go use the washroom, splash some water on your face. If you get too tired, just pull over and go to sleep. Yeah, some it's not worth someone's life. To. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do, any of the new driver assist stuff, do you think that would help in a situation like that? I mean, that's what they promote it is, is like in worst case scenarios like this where it, it's your eyes and your ears. You wouldn't be able to see that anyway. Well, from a driver's perspective, things happen so fast. But yeah. there are some softwares that are being released out there that are supposed to ping the carriers when the driver's dozing off oh, or yeah, situations yeah. like that to alert the carrier to get a hold of the driver. I'm new not iPhone. sure you got that much time in this situation. The new iPhone, and they, they said the other day, the iPhone 14, if you get into a car accident, like they sell a right. on there, it'll, yeah. and if yeah, you yeah. set it up, it'll dial emergency services for you. So that's pretty neat, too. If you're out on some desolate road, you got into that accident right there. I don't know, you get something like an iPhone or some other service that can dial up and maybe yeah. save, save your so own. So I just don't get help since I have an Android? I, yeah, no, that's no. the problem. You got to get with Timmy Apple. You got to get with Timmy <laughs> Depends Apple. Depends on what, I bet your truck, your truck's got an SOS on it. Yeah. Probably. Speaking yeah, of, speaking nice. of trucks and different jobs, you yeah. probably get people who are like, should I be a hot shotter? Should oh, I drive yeah. an 18-wheeler? Let's take a look at this couple here. They're telling us how they make $1,000 a day. <laughs> and I make 1K in a day. Arrive at Shipper. Load up. Strap download. Look cute. New watch. I think she comes every Good day. job, babe. These Takis seeds are fiery. Ten tenths recommend. Takis are good. If you get those at the rest of us, I like the Arrive at receiver. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's not here. And strip load plus for Ron. No, but he can see the text. I, I know. He can see what's going on. They're loading a container. Look for the clock. Found it. 
<laughs> Look for the and claw. Load. For the claw. <laughs> Look your best claw through rail yards. And repeat 3x. All right. So in order to get a thousand, though, she says they got to do three turns in that yeah. yard a day. Hot shotting is it worth it? She get the, the she get this you know driving eighteen. I think it has its place. I mean, I'm kind of partial to being in the big rig. Yeah, yeah. Once you're in one, to try to get into a truck and do the same job, just not as enjoying. Do you get anyone coming to you who like maybe was doing hot shot and they're like, well, I'm yeah. thinking about getting into the. What kind of questions do they they typically have about that transition? Uh, so it's usually the other way around. People oh. that were in trucks oh. that are transitioning in the hot shot. Oh, really? Okay. And why oh, would so that like, Can be? I get rid of the truck, but can I buy like an F-550 or something like that and, and just pull over? Yeah, a little more entry level for them to be able to afford a pickup truck over a semi-truck, especially in today's market, and then get in there and be able to be their own owner-operator. Yeah, but driving that truck and moving out of it, that's an entire, do they regret it afterwards? I mean, I've seen like line haul drivers and, and long haul drivers move into like LTL and they'll say, forget it, because they don't want to get in and out of the cab 500 times a day. Is, is that something to think about or no? I think what we're seeing, at least on my end, what I've seen is usually as a driver ages and they want to quit climbing in and out of the truck to yeah. go into hot shot, it's a little bit easier. And then they'll do the hotel skip along the way with the hot shot or they get one of those extended cab trucks and sleep in the back. Gotcha. I gotcha. Huh. You, did you ever do the hot shot? No. 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 I, I know you're kind of looking, you're looking down. Do, so how about a thousand a day? Is that pretty good? Or is it unlikely you'd be able to make those three turns? And you're probably more like I did rail yard work. I mean, getting in and out of the rail yards in general is kind of a gamble. Yeah. Depending on the rail yard in the day. I'd see two or three on a good day, but I wouldn't consistently bet on it. Huh. Hmm. All right. Well, you ever see a truck give birth before? One life gets taken away. The queen leaves us a truck. Enters the world. Take a look at this right here. Is this a song? <laughs> look at the, the magic of life, right? Oh, there we go. Wow. Look, there he is, giving birth to a brand new semi-truck. Don't have to run hot shot with that, do you? No. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, they can't do much hauling when they're that young, can they? No, they can't. They no. can't. They got to grow up. And I wonder if, I mean. Being young. Hey, what do you think about 18, 18 year olds with the uh, going interesting? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, I truly like it. I'm excited for it. Uh, I'm excited that we're going to be putting our best foot forward as an industry to train these people properly coming yeah. out there. I think mm. that's important. And I think incorporating the older drivers that have been around the block a couple of times into the decision making on what that training should include is going to be a benefit to us. And I think just building that excitement earlier on. Well, I was, like, it's like Boston to Providence. Like you can't do that that run, right? Because you're crossing state lines and you're eight. Like really, but I, you can join the military. Yeah, but you can join. join well, yeah, no, you and then you can drive a tank. Yeah, you can and, drive and a shoot tank, things shoot, with shoot it. a rifle, blow stuff up, but yeah. you can't drive across state lines. No, well, because there's a line there. I mean, but Rhode Island should really just be a county of Massachusetts, anyways, right? Should it? I, I would think it should be. Well, they're kind of <laughs> corrupt over there. I don't know if you're familiar. They oh. did give Kurt Schilling a lot of money to make a uh, video game, though. Oh, is that right? Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, hey, everybody, thanks for joining us. It's our final What the Truck of the Week. Hope you have a great weekend joining some, enjoying some NFL football. When we come back next week. We have some awesome shows lined up. we got Bill Doyle from the Port of Baltimore and, and uh, College Hype. So my old Boston crew will be on on oh, Monday. On got Wednesday. Those? All right, I love this. On Wednesday, we got the band back together. we got the Back the Truck Up guys. Rachel Premax back. She's been gone for a few weeks. And Grant Goodell from Convoy to do a Truck Driver Appreciation Week segment with us. And then on Friday, the wonderful, the real queen of freight, Shelly Simpson. Be on the show oh, from really? Jay Hunt. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Some other special Hi. guests. Maybe the USPS Postmaster will see. Uh, find me on Twitter at Timothy Duner. Find him at Vincent the Dude. How do they find you, sir? Hotseatservices.com. Hotseatservices.com. Sign up. 
get your CDL, hook up with the family. The Cubs over here. Adventures. The Bear Cubs. Enjoy it. Subscribe. What's the truck wherever you get your podcast. Don't be a stranger. Michael Vincent, tell them how to be. Hey, peace and love spread it everywhere. Congratulations.